listening to a podcast from Light FM. The Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. This week, we are looking at the man in the mirror in conjunction with Men's Health Month. We have Dr. Palyanapan Manikam, better known as Dr. Pal, gastroenterologist and holistic health advocate. He's a comedian as well and he's a YouTube star. Dr. Pal, November is the month to raise awareness of men's health issues. So let's talk about three common health problems in men, common causes, how men get treated etc three main things what are they number one i think the biggest problem for men especially above 40 years of age is belly fat right i feel you i, I hear you there doctor <laughs> the battle against <laughs> that bulge yes that's number one all right what's the next thing number two i think we are seeing a lot more of prostate issues these days prostate in much issues. younger compared to it was supposed to be an older population before but now it's becoming much younger right okay and what about the third thing and you know third thing is obviously the smoking and uh, lung cancer uh, part because you know as part of demographics men used to smoke more than women right would diabetes and heart health also factor into this list uh, yes but that is pretty common for both men and women and right. that's why I- did not list that here just for men alone. Let's revisit the belly fat right now. I am very excited about it because I myself have it. <laughs> and and countless <laughs> other men, yes. The the struggle is real. So what are the indications and issues that come with having belly fat in men? Okay, so number 1, we need to understand whether we have belly fat or not. So if you are not able to find your belly below your belly then yes you have belly fat if we can't find our belly but no you know uh, uh, what i was saying was you know sometimes my friend saravana kumar he is finding his uh, 5 year old kid and he is standing right below his belly <laughs> so if you can't see your feet perhaps or even your child who is right there in front of you because so exactly. your belly is big enough okay that's one fact <laughs> okay one way enough. to know okay keep going All doctor right. yes and this happened after lockdown so after lockdown <laughs> many people cannot look down in general especially for southeast asians especially for people in malay singapore thailand People don't look obese like what we see in America. In mm. America, people look really big. In uh, Southeast Asian people, they look very thin when you see them straight. Right. When you have them turn on the sideways, that's right. where the starting of the volcano is. <laughs> so when you're looking at them front-wise, like head-on, it's normal. They they don't seem like they're carrying a lot of belly fat. But when they turn sideways, that's when you see the protrusion. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where that is the tip of the Titanic iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the issues that come along with belly fat? Right. So to all the listeners, you need to understand that your belly fat is telling you that your body has fat already too much inside your body mm. that there is no space anymore so it is storing in your belly so if you have belly fat which means that there is fat around your pancreas fat around your liver mm. fat around your intestines already so instead of body mass index this is where the western medicine actually relies upon right For Southeast Asian people, we should just forget about body mass index and just focus on waist circumference around your belly button alone. And to all the listeners, take an inch tape and measure around your belly button. More than 90 centimeters in men and more than 80 centimeters in women, you meet the criteria of belly fat. So 90 centimeters in men. Does it matter? Does our height matter in this case? 
Ah, doesn't matter at all. That's why you don't have to worry about body mass index, which will include your height. Right. So whether you're a sh- a particularly tall man or a shorter man, I'm I'm only like five foot th- three inches barely. So even I would measure and look for if anything above ninety cm in my waist. Uh, at the level of my belly button, I should worry if it's beyond that. Exactly. If it is more than ninety centimeters for you, congratulations, you are pregnant. <laughs> How do we decrease belly fat? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure that's what everybody wants to know. Now that we know we have it, like let's say we we determine yes above ninety cm. How do we bring down belly fat? So the first thing that we should know is belly fat is because we are taking too much calories than what our body needs. So instead of the second Nazi Lamarck serving, we should stuck one just one last Lamarck. So it comes down to the basics, which is food intake. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it comes down to the basics. I'm not saying don't eat Nazi Lamarck. I'm just saying be mindful of how much are you eating. You know, these days people talk about superfoods and things like that. Is there any truth or valid type of food that we can take that would help us in decreasing our belly fat? Yes, you know people. You know, if you go to India, where I'm from, Chennai, mm-hmm. broccoli is being sold ten times more than spinach, as it is a superfood. Okay, but people buy broccoli, and what they do is they eat pizza and burger and <laughs> eat broccoli at the end. <laughs> so it's like it's like a garnish in the end. <laughs> it's like a garnish. Uh, people think that they are getting forgiveness from God after right. committing crime. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting from you, doctor, is eat healthily eat a balanced diet and eat less food than what we are already eating especially if we exactly. are already dealing exactly. with belly fat i right. want to exactly i want to keep things very simple to my patients yeah. all i say that is okay what do you like i like pizza i'm not saying don't eat pizza next time you eat the pizza instead of the second slice mm. just eat the first slice alone Instead of the second slice, have a cup of broccoli, cup of spinach, cup of some kind of vegetables or fruits, right. so that that will keep you fuller and longer for a long time, and that is the start of the change. You mentioned a second thing, which is um, something that men need to pay attention to uh, as a common cause of issues. It's our prostate. Correct. So you know people. Have you know urinary problem issues when they grow older? They get diagnosed with prostate. Prostate is a gland just behind the bladder. Mm-hmm. For men, it becomes increasing in size as age advances, and because of what we call as insulin resistance, where you know belly fat is one of the reasons. But people are high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity. Mm-hmm. Prostate problems are getting more common in younger males. Where if we are not aware of it, that could even increase risk of pre-cancerous condition of prostate gland as well. When you say in younger men, what age are we talking about? You know, previously it used to be like you know fifty, sixty plus. Now mm. we are talking about like thirty-five, forty-five plus. Wow, that's a huge difference. Ah, uh, correct. And uh, for some reason, because of you know stressful lifestyle, mm. people have started smoking more. These days, as well. This is the third thing that we need to watch out for as men, especially right. Men seem to 
take on smoking more so than women so before we used to say oh, smoking causes lung cancer so don't smoke you know if you look at all the cigarettes there will be like a person with lung cancer picture over there but now what we are seeing is i mean we have been seeing in the past as well but we are seeing more commonly is pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer does smoking relate to that as well yes absolutely right. and being a, a gastroenterologist i see a lot of patients at age 40 around 45 comes in with pancreatic cancer without any symptom at all so i saw a patient the other day just 45 year old comes in with jaundice we took a ct scat scan mm. and then there is a huge cancer in the pancreas wow and he didn't have any symptom at all and the only risk factor that he had was he was smoking for 15 years on a daily basis wow i mean the fact they call it the silent killer for a reason it can be growing and you never realize how large the um the cancer has grown even without any symptoms and uh, to the point where when you finally go and get it checked it's it seems to have progressed to uh, exactly. a severe point yeah what do you have to say about people who make that switch doctor from smoking to um vaping that seems to be a bigger trend now even older people are switching from smoking to vaping and telling themselves that this is the better option and the healthier option correct you know i have spoken with a lot of pulmonologists my friends regarding this uh, vaping they absolutely hate it some strongly believe that this should not be available in the market at all the only inhalation that actually helps is vicks vapor up <laughs> <laughs> the cure all for every asian family <laughs> exactly the cure for every asian family <laughs> dr paul it's always been long believed that men have a tendency to be dismissive about their health when we've got um symptoms of things or when even when it comes to regular checkups we'll only go when something seems to be more severe is that still the case these days Correct, correct. You know, I think that comes like we men, we have this feeling like you know nothing will conquer us. I know if we go to the doctor, we feel like we are weak. Yeah. I think there is two factors to it. Mm. You know, some people it is absolutely not right not to go to not going to a doctor at all. But at the same time, there are two ends of the spectrum. One, they do a lot more than what is required. For example, there is this scheme called Master Health Checkup. Have you heard of it? No. What is that? master health checkup so in in india many hospitals are offering this master health checkup mm. where you go in and they check you from head to bottom including your ct scan mri they will even know the name of your grandfather <laughs> so when are men encouraged to go for this master health checkup turn so i'm saying against the master health checkup so oh, you don't, don't need that much amount of comprehensive okay, checkup okay right got it at the same time you should not be on the other end of the spectrum where you shouldn't go to the doctor at all so there are age specific recommendations that we doctors have come up with yeah when you're 25 years old you need to get your cholesterol levels checked hmm. and when you are 45 years old we recommend doing a colonoscopy for colon cancer screening to make sure you're not developing any precancerous colon polyps there are age specific recommendations and all we're asking is go to your doctor for an annual physical examination and your doctor will determine what is specific for you. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because like you said there are things that come up at certain ages that we should be looking out for so just make sure we at least go and check for those things to make sure that we are still in what would be considered a healthy state. 
Absolutely. You know, listeners, if you have never been to a doctor, I request you to at least get your cholesterol level checked if you are 25 and above. Dr. Paul, you're not just a doctor in a hospital. You also create content online and you're very, very popular. What sparked this decision to highlight uh, the content that you make? Patient told me that, Doctor, you are funny. Why don't you try stand-up comedy? And I thought he was serious. Then I went into stand-up comedy and then he's telling me now that, Doctor, I was just joking. But the joke's on him because <laughs> you've done really well for yourself, right? Correct, correct. Then I realized that, you know, being a gastroenterologist, people are very embarrassed to talk about, you know, their anorectal disorders, their constipation, their hemorrhoids. And I used uh, humor and comedy to break the eyes and... Uh I got so much good reviews on Google that he's the best doctor ever. <laughs> In fact, you've uh, you've actually coined a term for it. It's called medical medical comedy. I've I'd never heard of this term until I actually found out more about you and your content. Medical. What do you think about that? That you seem to have sparked something new in the comedy scene. Correct, correct. So, you know, then I realized, you know, I was pretty big before. I was like 100 kilos and uh, I had a health scare. So I put together my life journey as a one-hour stand-up comedy show. And then I go to people and then I uh, discuss that and then make sure that they get at least one thing out of my experience so that what happened to me doesn't happen to them. So I came to Malaysia and I was surprised that there were 500 people who showed up. Yeah. It was a completely sold out show. I was truly blessed and I uh, I am underestimated the power of social media. And it's amazing. Yes, because that's how we found out about you because you found a way to deal with very stressful, heavy things like health issues and make it something more digestible. Was that your aim actually? Was that what you wanted to achieve? Yes, I think it uh, it, it fell in place for me because while I was talking to my patients, I realized that combining humor is the best way to deliver. Social media is a wonderful platform to enhance my uh, creativity and also deliver medical information at the same time. Is humor an important aspect for us to deal and support our health journey? So there is a proverb that says that if you laugh for one second every day, your lifespan increases by one second. So as soon as I said that, my friend Saravana Kumar keeps laughing 24-7. <laughs> He's going to live forever. He's going to live forever. And if a doctor says it, you know it must be true. <laughs> What's the next step for Dr. Paul? So my next step is I'm going on an international tour on Metcom, talking about my weight loss journey. Make sure that everybody adopts at least one little lifestyle change as they walk out of the show. Mm. My goal is to decrease... 30% of my medical business by 2030. Because if they adopt what I say, they will not have any problem. They will not come to me and my medical business will go down. <laughs> I love it. Your plan is to put yourself out of business and then that way you'll be able to do more comedy shows. Exactly. <laughs> and you know why I am uh, very vocal about it? Because I know people will not do it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know people all too well. And that's why we appreciate you for joining us, Doctor. If people want to find out more about you and the content that you provide, where do they go? I know YouTube, it's very easy to find you. Are you also available on other platforms? YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I'm even available on railway platform. Yes, you are everywhere. Thanks again to Dr. Paul, gastroenterologist and holistic health Advocate, also comedian, also YouTuber.
YouTube star. You can listen to this whole interview again on the Light Breakfast podcast on the Shock app that's spelled S-Y-O-K. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.